For our second message today, we have a sermon from Mr. Lawrence Gregory entitled Independence Day. Mr. Gregory. Good afternoon, everyone. As we know, today is a holiday and a holy day, July 4th and the Sabbath day. This holiday signifies to Americans, wherever they are in the world, it has great importance. This day is known as Independence Day or July 4th. It has a reference to our separation from England in the 1700s. And that was an interesting time in our history of America as a nation, a time of revolution from the 1700s to 1812, the final war of uh, independence. Now, we've studied in the past our great documents. The Magna Carta of 1620, the unanimous declaration of July 4th, 1776, the Constitution, of 1787, the Bill of Rights, 1791, and our American flag, our great seal, the significance of the number 13, our Israel heritage as the tribe of Manasseh, brother to Ephraim, and Ephraim's great other nations of uh, England, of course, Canada, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, plus others as its influence was around the world. Now, I'm not going to go back over all of these points today, but I'm going to focus a little on one of our documents and a few related scriptures. In the unanimous declaration of July 4, 1776, we have the beginning of the United States. Now, this was commonly called the Declaration of Independence, but the word does not really occur as the Declaration of Independence, but as a unanimous declaration. Now, in the Bible, this word independent or independence does not occur. The word independent occurs in our Constitution and the Declaration itself, pardon me, three times. And the synonym for independent, free, two times. And the word separate, one time, and separation, two times. Also, the word independence or independent do not occur, as I've said, in the Bible. But the concept is there. The word free does occur 59 times, and the word separate or separation in its different forms as a, either a verb or a noun or an adjective or an adverb occur nearly 100 times, plus some other synonyms that we're going to look at briefly. Now, as I've said, and I'll read a little bit later from the declaration that we call the Declaration of Independence or the Unanimous Declaration as we know it. But I'm going to focus first on this word independent or independence. 
We are excited about being free and independent from unjust overlords, but we're not free from God. We are to be dependent on Him and His ways. Dependent on Him, but independent from other influences as, you know, government or individuals that are overbearing and overpowering. Now, for some scriptures, let's look at uh, some related uh, scriptures that have uh, some of these words and others are just concept or just the themes. But uh, let's look at Isaiah 45 and verse 22. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me, and be you saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. So we're invited by God to look to Him for salvation. Not to anyone else, not to any other ideology, or ism, or government, or person, or whatever. We are to look to God and be saved. Everybody is encouraged to do this. In 1 Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter 5, 7, we're told, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, we know we are to be friendly and courteous to other people. But we are to be self-reliant and independent from their especially if they have an unjust influence in our life. But in all things, we are to be dependent on God and on Him alone. Now, in Psalm 118, verse 8, Psalm 118, this is interesting as the middle verse of the Bible. And I think it's interesting that this says in verse 8, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in God than put confidence in man. And verse 9 is uh, almost a duplication of that, but it's worded a little. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. So in the royalty, the ruling people that have influence over us. Yes, we respect them. Yes, we obey laws where it is not in conflict with God. But in all things, we are dependent and we look to God, not on man. Now, in uh, Jeremiah 17, we were uh, reading this uh, in the first message. And there's a lot of uh, similarity in our approach. Some things I will say that he said earlier, some things I will not. But uh, this one scripture was uh, used by uh, Sean in, 17, in Jeremiah 17. And I'm just going to use a couple of verses here. Verse 5 and verse 7. Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. And then in verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. And so, in all the things of our history, of our present life, of our individual uh, life, 
we've got to look to God. We've got to trust in Him. We've got to separate ourselves. And that's the next point I'm going to see from everything else. But look to God and keep our hearts and our minds on Him. Now, I'd like to read uh, a little bit from uh, our... Uh, Citizens Rule Book. Uh, we distribute these out for many years, and I'd like to read from the uh, unanimous uh, Declaration of uh, Independence, if I can find it here. Um, see, it's uh, the Declaration of Unanimous Declaration, and then the Constitution in that order. But uh, in verse. Uh, uh, or the first paragraph. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political, band, the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal stations for which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And this word separate or separation is used in other forms of uh, like divide or division. We'll look at that. Now, uh, after listing over a couple of dozen grievances and complaints that they had against the uh, oppressive uh, uh, controls of the British, now, uh, Britain felt they were justified in controlling <clears throat> and uh, dominating the colonies. But the colonies were beginning to resent a lot of the intrusions in the operation of their uh, government and of their citizens and of their way and all the demands that Britain was putting on them. You can go back and read in history and see all of the uh, complaints that are listed in our unanimous declaration. But uh, here in uh, next to the last paragraph, it talks about we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind enemies in war in peace friend and then this three times when we're talking about uh, independence or independent in the last paragraph that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, uh, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all the other acts and things which independent states may have right to do and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And then those were all uh, signed there in uh, 1776 as we began the separation of the United States from Great Britain. Now, in 239 years of observance, almost 239 years, and many uh, presidents have proclaimed or made proclamations over the years that uh, uh, the American citizens are to remember this day with uh, picnics and fireworks 
and uh, parades and great celebrations and great joy as we uh, consider the importance and the significance of this great um, holiday that we have. Now, one other scripture here that I want to uh, look at here in this place is in Leviticus, the 20th chapter. Let's go back and read Leviticus 20 and uh, verse 25 and 26. You shall therefore put difference between clean beasts and unclean and between unclean fowls and clean. And you shall not make your souls abominable by beast or by fowls or by any manner of living thing that creepeth upon the ground, which I have separated from you as unclean. And you shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you from other people, that you should be mine. Now notice this word separate from the unclean is the same word that God uses a little more brutal synonym that we read here in the next verse. I've, separ- I've severed you. I've severed you. That's a powerful, stronger word, but it's the same Hebrew word that we are considering. And so here's, a, here's an important principle that we want to remember that God has separated from the unclean, from uh, other uh, peoples or nations or animals or whatever in our diet or whatever uh, that is unclean to us. We should be separate from that and dependent on God and look to Him and trust in Him. Now, uh, we know that uh, in uh, Solomon's dedication, let's go back to 1 Kings his prayer there at the dedication of the temple in uh, 1000 B.C. area time, in that approximate time, uh, 1 Kings 8.53. He says this in his prayer, a long prayer of that chapter. At the dedication, he says a lot of important, significant things, but he says... For you did separate them from among all the people of the earth to be thine heritage as you spoke by the hand of Moses your servant when you brought our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. And so we're reminded in Solomon's prayer that God separated Israel And he wanted them to be a special people to him, to serve him and to be representative of uh, his way and his laws and his kingdom uh, and his example. But we know time after time they would slip back and they would repent and then they would change and then they would drift off. And then we know the cycle of the history. I don't need to go back into all of that. But I want to go back to uh, uh, Genesis, the uh, first chapter here of Genesis, because we see this word uh, divide or division that is a synonym for separation. And uh, we'll uh, look at this in Genesis 1, verse 6, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night 
and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. And in verse 18, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Now, this word divide is the same Hebrew word as separate, as separation. And I've covered this, I'm not going to do this today, but in past messages we've shown how the theme from Genesis to Revelation has been separation and division from the rest of mankind and Israel and individuals to separate from uh, the rest of uh, unclean man. Now, when I say unclean, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sinners and unjust and in, uh, disobedient to God and uh, going about to establish their own righteousness and their own ways. But uh, let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew, the 25th chapter, and uh, verse 32, Matthew 25, 32. He said, uh, Before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He shall shut the, set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. But this word separate and divide in the Greek, <clears throat> just as in the Hebrew, is the same Greek word separate or divide. So uh, let's consider that uh, when we have the unanimous declaration of independence or of these nations, these states, the colonies to be free and independent. Not independent from God, but independent from Great Britain, but dependent on God. As they said, they trusted in, in the divine uh, judge of the earth and uh, and uh, the supreme being, and so we, we give them that uh, credit for their trust in God. Let's notice in 2 Corinthians, while we're here, uh, a few verses in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians, the uh, 6th chapter, and verse 17, we're told, Wherefore? And this is talking about idolatry and idolaters. We've talked about that before. Wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So we're invited and told to separate. Now, uh, be you separate. Uh, there's a little difference in whether it's a verb or whether it's an adjective or whether it's a noun or a separation. Uh, Separate, separate, uh, it's spelled the same, separate and separate. But you've got to look at the context to see which is uh, the correct word uh, to, to pronounce it, separate or separate. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that here. But uh, uh, we are to be a separate people and God will receive us. He'll accept us. In Galatians, the first chapter, and uh, verse 15, Galatians 1.15. I'm going to read off of the board. It's a little quicker than turning into my scriptures because you're already there. But when it pleased God, Paul is saying, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. So Paul admits that he was separated from birth 
for the work of the gospel and for his calling and for what God wanted him to do. So God had a special calling on him. Now, I know we as individuals, uh, sometimes, you know, the righteous are to dwell quietly in the land. And sometimes a few have a more public ministry that are more uh, out involved in preaching the gospel or proclaiming it. And that's for God's decision to call and choose. And we know we have to fit, <clears throat> excuse me, within that sometime and decide what God's calling upon us is and the direction that he wants us to go. So Paul admitted and knew as he looked in his life and his training and the things that he had gone through all of his life, looked back to see that God had begun to work with him even when he was just a newborn infant, when he was being separated from his mother. And in Romans, the first chapter, verse 1, Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. So here Paul admitted that he was separated, that he was to be used by God as a special apostle in this work of uh, proclaiming the gospel. Acts 19, 19, Acts 19, verse 9. Well, when different were hardened, and believed not, now notice this, but spoke evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Notice, he separated the believers from the unbelievers. And that's what it comes down to. Sometimes we have to be, like it was mentioned in the first message, to be in the world, but not of it. And sometimes it's easy for a person to get all caught up in the activities of uh, the government or political or economic or whatever that's going on and uh, to be involved in that. But God says, come out from among that and be separate from it and I'll receive you. So believers, Paul admitted, are to be separated. That God, This is God's doing, separated from unbelievers. Now, Brethren, recently we've seen a lot of uh, attention on the Confederate flag. On the stars and bars, uh, the uh, 13 states, you can go back and read some history about the 13 stars in the battle flag, or uh, some call it the rebels, they were called rebels or rebellious or uh, a rebel flag. But we'll uh, say they felt those 11 states and then there were other sympathetic states of uh, Maryland and Kentucky and Missouri that, were, that never really joined the Confederacy, but they had sympathy toward what they were trying to accomplish in their uh, secessionist movement of setting up a separate government uh, apart from the uh, United States. And in most of the, and many of the other states, uh, just about every state, there were Confederate sympathizers, but the states never really joined like those 11 states. And you can go back here, I said earlier in history and uh, read of uh, the uh, complaints that the Confederates had, uh, political complaints, economic complaints. It wasn't just over slavery, of trying to retain slavery, but uh, their social problems that they had going on in <clears throat> the United States at that time, and the complaints that some of the Confederate states had that they felt were justified 
but the colonies or the other states didn't feel that they were so. And so uh, they resisted that and of course uh, war occurred uh, as a result of that from uh, 1861 to 1864 uh, to 65 in that about four year period of time there when the uh, Confederates uh, states finally uh, surrendered to the rest of the United States. And Abraham Lincoln did everything he could to keep the uh, resolve of keeping us uh, one nation under God. As uh, we say in our uh, Pledge of Allegiance, I pledge allegiance to the flag. Now, here again, that we're going to look at that word sometimes in the Bible that word ensign that you see most instances a couple of times that it occurs in different words means a flag. And so Jesus Christ likens himself, God likens himself to the ensign, to the flag that is set on the hill that the nations look to. And so just as this American flag is rec recognized all over the world and the significance of freedom and what it stands for, uh, so ultimately... God intends that his son Jesus Christ and the Father will be looked up to as an ensign from the peoples as, as a flag and representative uh, of that. And that's another message. I don't want to go into that. But uh, I just want to say that uh, as uh, patriotic uh, American Christians, we have a lot of sympathies for uh, what were the... Uh, uh, colonies as they separated from Great Britain. We have understanding and sympathy for both uh, causes. Uh, we have uh, sympathy toward maybe some of us, toward the Confederate States and their revolt or rebellion as it's, uh, uh, Northerners like to identify them as rebels, but they didn't feel they were rebels. They felt they had just cause to declare their states and uh, declare their nation, the Confederate uh, States uh, of the United States, separate from the United States. And so uh, there were a lot of uh, feelings that uh, we can understand that they had, and we perhaps, uh, as patriotic Americans, have some of those uh, similar feelings. I was telling someone earlier that, um, I think I've told this before about uh, one of the Americans uh, Fourth of July in England was uh, celebrating the Fourth of July, and uh, so he was telling about the significance of that. And he asked the British guy, he "said well, Do you guys have a holiday like that?" And uh, the Britisher said, "Yeah, September sixth." And so the Americans said, "Well, what's the significance about September 6th? And he said, "Oh, that's when you Yanks left England." Okay, <laughs> uh, we've got a Britisher, a former Britisher, American now. He told us he is an American citizen here today. I thought he was going to be gone, so I could tell that and slip it in. <laughs> but he's here with his family. He showed up here. Now, uh, we're led to consider uh, our own separation from the world, our independence from its influence, yet our dependence on God. We're thankful for the many blessings we have had as Americans and as Christians. And as I said earlier, uh, those two points that we talked about, uh, the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, and uh, where we pledge allegiance to the flag as a uh, patriotic American, and yet as a Christian, 
we pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ, as we heard earlier. He is our allegiance. He is who we really want to please in everything and surrender and submit our life to him. And um, in closing, uh, we're uh, told to, uh, as I said earlier, live quietly in the land. And sometimes those who live quietly become, through uh, circumstances or situations, very prominent and very memorable. And we look back in history and we have uh, some of those men like uh, uh, Patrick Henry, uh, Nathan Hale, uh, Paul Revere. Uh, we could go on and naming many of the generals of the uh, British as well as the American colonies and uh, who became prominent, uh, many of the uh, politicians who became prominent in the development of our great nation. And uh, we can appreciate that just as we know that in our life, sometimes some are called to be more public and to be more uh, outgoing and uh, to uh, uh, express uh, our understanding of what God has called us to do in a more public way. Well, I'd like to encourage us in closing to appreciate the physical and spiritual significance of our Independence Day to understand what this day of independence really means to us as Americans and as Christians.